Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. How are you, snot face? Oh, don't. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but has anyone else's children had a cold for like three months? Yes, absolutely. Like, it's unbelievable. And now I've seen, now I seem to have it. Yeah, of course. And I think we keep passing it round to each other. I, I can't see it ever going. I've got a theory on this. Because we had to spend such a long time at home and indoors and away from everybody else, our immunities just are not strong Definitely. any longer. And I don't know about you, but those those kids bugs, those like super bugs that they spread around at school, which we're not allowed to talk to anymore. You're not even allowed to sneeze in public because people think no, you've got bloody COVID. Um, it's like, yeah, well, I, I, I was sick for like 10 days. I just couldn't clear up. It was just my nose. I, mean, I had like a face yeah. cold. Yeah, it's it, it's just, it's so odd. I mean, I've actually had to take Gigi to the doctors a couple of times because this cough just, just doesn't go. And the nursery keeps saying to me, oh, you need to take her to the doctors. But like Which you, you can say, understand though, with the cough. Yeah, of course. I, I completely get it. But I know what it is. Do you know what mm. I mean? And the doctor said exactly the same to me. He was like, listen, you can't expect them to be fighting these bugs yeah. so easily yeah. when they haven't built up the immunities. I don't think she even had a cough before, like this year. She's never had one. Mm. So so she hasn't, you know, she doesn't know how to fight it. Anyway, she's passed it to me, which is great. But I'm hoping by the time this episode comes out, I'll be, I'll be back to normal again. <laughs> I, I was looking at you on this record when we did it earlier on. And um, bless George, you'll see her kind of rubbing her nose and pulling away from the mic and going, because you could do oh, a little thing. I just wanted to go, look, George, please go and get a tissue. I mean, and if you know how we're recording, so I'm sitting in bed recording. <laughs> and so my mic is balanced on top of a box. So if I move, it basically all goes to shit. So I was just going to have to, I was just going to have to hold on to the snot. That's I what mean, I to remember <laughs> pre-COVID days when we got clammed up and went into studios, but we're still, the thing is, is that it's amazing what we've done in the last year because we've managed to, to get two podcasts out a week. We've managed to do it from home with kids being around at various times you know with colds and coughs and all kinds of sorts so listen we're doing the best we can so and otherwise life is good with you yeah all good had my birthday lovely (laughs) spoil I'm going to actually have a few secret spa treatments this week to get through half term that's going to be so not blow dry uh course top of the list obviously <laughs> nails nails <laughs> yes. feet. do you know what I was looking at my feet the other day and I was thinking I'm just not sure whether it's got too far now you know <laughs> you have to go and have a medical a medical um podiatry appointment before oh you God. go and have a manicure I mean we're joking but it's I'm just I'm just too embarrassed I think I just don't know what to do so I think I'm going to tackle them 
this is gross, isn't it, to discuss it? But I, I mean, th- I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm going to tackle them myself, and then I'm going to go and have a pedicure at some point very soon. Yeah, good idea. Damage control. <laughs> damage control. Um, but you know what? We're not on to talk about feet today, no. are we? We're, we're talking about the other part of your body. No, the opposite part of your body. The your other mouth, way. Your, your speech. <laughs> we're talking about speech and um, behavioural development today. So we we decided. Do you know what? What we love about these chats, George, is that we can you know have somebody on to tell their birthing story, their sleep story, their breastfeeding journey, whatever it is. But also we want to bring you experts in the field to discuss, you know, areas of your child's development that you might be concerned about, um, you know, whether they've got lisps, stammers, whatever it may be. And I think it's really important to kind of, you know, get all of those conversations out. Um, This is a chat that we have been wanting to have for quite a long time now. We just wanted to find the right person. Yeah, no, just, just to say, like, I've been really concerned with Gigi's speech. And I think I've probably spoken about it on the podcast a few times until she went to nursery and I can imagine there's lots of people out there feeling the same not really knowing when to go to someone also not really knowing if you're kind of making more of it than it is more of a big deal especially like trying to trying to get a doctor's appointment at the moment is really hard um Mm. so we wanted to have this chat to put people's minds at rest that it's completely normal and um you know there's absolutely no shame in seeking help and you definitely should speak up if you feel like that there is a problem yeah absolutely and also to give you some advice around when to do it whether these things are just you know in inverted commas normal for your child's age or actually whether there might be something that needs a bit of a a, you know a bit of a look over and you know you need to go and speak to a healthcare professional or somebody like the person that we're chatting to today (laughs) who is it George today we're chatting to speech and language therapist Emma O'Leary So joining us on the podcast today, this is um, a topic that Georgia and I have wanted to cover for a very long time. We were just waiting for the right person to come along and here she is. Um, Speech and language therapist. Um, Her account on Instagram is Life with Tiny Humans. Uh, She also has therapy with tiny humans. Uh, She's Dublin based, but she's moving to Clare. She's making the big big move west across Ireland to her hometown. She is mum of three today a total pro. Joining us on the podcast is Emma O'Leary. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks a million. How are you, Emma? I am great. I am on my own. I have nobody with me. I'm. This is like this is like socialization for me. A big a big morning. Well, we, we were having a chat, weren't we, um, before we started recording about what is going on in Ireland? Yeah. And Georgia and I had zero idea that you guys are still pretty much in a local lockdown. Is that right? So it's it's gradually opening up now. The last the last few weeks. So we are hopefully going to be we're a little bit we're allowed outside our county now so we've made progress so I think everybody is just very excited about being able to travel within Ireland and and see family and things like that in the next few weeks and lots of older people have their second vaccines now which means that we can be uh reunited with grandparents and things like that so it's it's like normality is is nearby we can almost yeah so tough so how's it been how's it it been for you guys as a family how have you coped being in such close quarters yeah i mean (laughs) no it's it's been great i think a lot of the last year has been what has spurred us on we currently live in the city center so right in the center of dublin um which is interesting bringing up three small boys in yeah in the city center but i think the last year has kind of really highlighted the distance between me let's say and my family in the west so we've made the decision yet yeah, to, to sell and, and to move to the west of ireland to the, the country essentially um so it's going to be it's going to be a big life change but i think yeah the last year has very much highlighted you know 
how how important yeah. that is and i suppose i think it is highlighted a bit like this just that you can do so many things remotely now um and for what i do i i obviously work in a, in a private practice and, and in my own practice and i'm i'm winding down in dublin at the moment and, and i'm setting up again in claire and i've kind of i've done it once so then i know that it's, it's yes. doable so it's daunting yeah. <laughs> but it's it's gonna be a an exciting year ahead, I feel, for us. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of parents, and um, particularly those, to, you know, under threes or under fours, have been quite um, worried about their child's development. Um, you know, not 100%. not getting to go to clubs and soft plays and all of those kind of times when they would socialise with other children. Have yep. you seen, like, an increase in people coming to you and uh, worried about their child's speech? I think it's been a period the last year where children will present with speech and language difficulties regardless okay so we're going to have that where children may be a little bit behind in their development but I think absolutely as parents in the last year we're probably more aware than ever that they are missing out on those social opportunities or maybe they're not in preschool um, as much and they've been in and out so we haven't been getting reassurance from teachers or maybe haven't had a run of things to kind of know what's happening so um, I definitely have had a lot of people linking in and, and a lot of people kind of in touch and, and needing reassurance around that and around the best ways to support children and, and looking for assessments to see where they're at. Um, I do often get asked, like, you know, do you think that lockdown is is really bad and, and that it's it's having an impact on children's speech and language development? And to be honest, the answer to that is we just we, we don't, don't know. know. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to yeah. know that for a little, bit while, little while, you know. Um, but the, the one thing that I will say is it's completely individual for each family. So some families have come back, you know, and we've had breaks from therapy and said, wow, like we've we found that we're actually at home together and, and we're not doing the commute. So we're spending a lot more time together. So um, that we've really seen him come on. And then other families who maybe have four or five small children just <laughs> are like struggling to find time to do anything. And they're just living in a madhouse and they've, they've no routine and they're two fans like you know two parents trying to work from home it's a very different situation so I think it is yeah it's individual to, to each family how the last year has has impacted on that but I think regardless um of that the last year aside like as parents and we were only chatting about that beforehand like from the outset we do this we we look at our we look at our kids and and we don't mean to but we compare them yeah. to yeah. their siblings or we compare them to like our friends kids and it's just, I feel like we give birth to kids and like literally from the moment, it starts in the hospital where they're obsessed with weight. So they're like, oh, weight's a bit down, oh, weight's a bit up. So it starts with this comparing thing of where they're at, never ends. Emma, now talk, talk, give us an example of what parents are coming to see you about. So just a, a, a typical um, uh, issue or concern that they're worried about with regards to, the, to, to their child. Of course. So I run a paediatric speech and language therapy service. So I see children from birth, um, generally older, but from birth um, all of the way up to kind of 18. But at, to be honest, it's kind of up to about 12. I don't have many older kids at the time. Historically, I would have. Um, at the moment. So um, I would generally be seeing children who, you know, parents might be concerned that they're not using many words so that they're a little bit behind where they'd expect them to be. So maybe they might be, you know, they might be 18 months or two years and they're only using a handful of words and parents are concerned um, or they feel maybe they're not understanding. So they're giving them a little direction or asking them to do something and they don't seem to be following it. Um, also concerns around pronunciation. So you know, a child who presents as like having all of the chat yakking away, but like you haven't a clue what they're saying. So it's just like gobbledygook. So parents um, are really concerned about, you know, um, their speech and their pronunciation. 
sometimes then um it will be more so around um they might be stammering or you might have um a child who is having a difficulty with um their voice so they could be hoarse um there's like a, an array of things and i also see children then where there might be a concern that the child might be on the um autistic spectrum or presenting with um difficulties with interaction or social communication right. so they might have some words but not very interested in play or, or being around other kids or, or finding that area um that area of communication difficult so it's a it's vast yeah. there's lots of different i suppose elements to it but predominantly i think definitely in the last year or so i would be seeing a lot of presentations of late talkers or parents concerned about children who aren't meeting their language and when you say late goals. talkers yeah. so you mentioned 18 uh -huh. months two years so a, a late talker yeah. would be a child who would be at what age okay so a late talker is more so around where a child is at or what they're achieving at, at different ages and stages. So for example, by about 18 months, we would expect a child to be using kind of 10 to 50 words, okay? Then by 24 months, we're looking for them to maybe be using 50 um, to, to 250 words. And then from three onwards that they're using kind of 250 to 1,000 right. words. Now I'm giving this as a sure. guide, okay? Um, so it's just to kind of give us an idea. It's a bit like developmental milestones for walking. You know, we expect them to walk kind of between 12 to, you know, 12 months to, to 15 months. That's kind of when we see that, that children might start to walk. Some kids are going to do it a little bit earlier. Some kids are going to be late. It's similar with language. We're looking at milestones. And when I say the 24 months, you know, that they're using 50 to 200 words or it's as well that they're starting to combine or put right. two words together. So there's there's no set time of when is a late talker. It's more so if your child is at 24 months or they've just turned two and they might only be using five words, then we consider okay. them a late talker. Right. They're behind where we'd expect them to be for their age. Um, similarly, if they're three and they might only be using maybe 50 words and they're not starting to make up little sentences, then we consider them a late talker. So it's just looking at kind of their age and, and are they achieving those milestones? And if not, maybe do they need a little bit of support from a therapist or from you, a parent, like to be armed with a few strategies to support them at home in, in trying to use more words um, and to start kind of combining their words together. Yeah, because I mean, I think it's difficult, isn't it, to know when you say like 50 words right that sounds like loads doesn't it yeah and I I was really concerned about my daughter Gigi and her speech mm -hmm. before she started nursery I was I was quite concerned you know we'd been in lockdown and Axel I think now looking at it was probably like very early talker like yeah. definitely and I was like we say constantly comparing the two of them and thinking yeah. well I was looking at videos on my phone you know well Axel was ordering things in restaurants at this age and why is Gigi barely saying mum and dad like what's yeah. going on and I remember thinking wow 50 words but then as I looked into it that's like that it's not like full words is it it can be like oh, I was just yeah like say that. Yeah. almost sounds as well yeah approximations we call them so when I say 50 words I say to parents look jot it down so like even things like if granddad comes and your child is calling granddad wawa okay they call them wawa and has a the word wawa also means water that's considered two words what we're looking for is that they're consistently using the same approximation or attempt at a sound or like that they're consistently attempting a word it might not be the correct pronunciation but they're attempting it and they're using that to get right. the message across so it's really important as well when we're looking at kids like speech and language so they're separate language is like the words that they have 
and speech is the pronunciation so how they're pronouncing them and there's a whole different set of milestones of when we expect them to achieve those speech milestones as opposed to language so in the early days we're far more concerned with what they're saying versus how they're saying it we're concerned with that they're using and attempting to use a word so even if it is yee yee for like you know for mommy or it's completely the, the same yeah, it's yeah. exactly what you'd expect if they're consistently saying that every time that that's your kind of name well sorry that's it for now that's, <laughs> that's what you're getting so that's considered a word and we're counting it um and that's what, where it's kind of hard to tease out sometimes because sometimes the pronunciation isn't clear but like i said it's really important to, to see that they're separate language is one thing and speech right. is another and i think that's really yes. confusing because we often get here oh my child has a speech delay and you're like well like a speech delay isn't where they're not using words that's a language delay speech delay is where they're maybe using sounds and they're mixing them up. So they might be saying, look, mommy, a tat instead of a cat. So they're mixing up their pronunciation of the sound cup. Okay. So that's a speech delay if they're still doing that right. at four. But that's not language. So they're separate. So they've and got their language. If it, they're it, saying that and they're forming, they've yeah. got their language. But a speech, there might be a slight yeah. speech issue there because they're mixing up the letters. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. But I think it can be really confusing because even you're sitting with other parents and you're having your coffee groups and like, oh, yeah, no, I know someone with a speech delay. But actually, <laughs> it's not. It's a language delay. And whenever I do online courses with parents, I always highlight this. And I'm like, before we start anything, we need to get to grips with the terminology. We are here to talk about language. Lay talkers is language. And then, you know, when the time comes, if your child is doing kind of quirky things or, or unusual things or very typical things with their pronunciation, then that is speech and that is a different, that's a different thing. Is there a direct correlation between a child who is a late talker and a developmental issue? As in, could a child just be potentially, you know, like for example, with Kit and his potty training, I don't know if the two are kind of linked. Yes. He understands everything. He knows that he should go for a poo on the potty. He knows exactly where it is. He does his wheeze on there. But he said to me this morning, yeah. I like pooing in my nappy. And I said, do you just want to yeah. sit in it? And he said, I just want to sit in it. And I was like, how can you want to sit in it? Because he, he know. So is that, is that, is that, yeah. what, what is that then? If he understands it and he knows where he should be doing it, why is he choosing to do a poo in his pants or? Because he has his own mind and he knows what he wants and he wants to sit in that poo. Is it a developmental? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Is it a developmental like, thing or is it just to do with the choice? Is it the same with speech? Like it's, it's in, in that situation, like potty training is, um, is another it's a whole other ball game in terms of like children will do things at their own developmental stage and sometimes yeah the poos you know they can they can hold out on that and it can take a little bit longer to get literally it can take a little bit longer to get to grips with that but like with speech and people often say but like what causes yeah. like a speech like, like yeah. you know and a bit like what you're saying there um you know like a bit what you're saying georgia where like my daughter obviously was in the exact same environment as my son and he was yakking away but like here she is and she's barely saying two words and you're like but nothing happened they had the same environment they had the same exposure so it's just like anything sometimes children are just that's just developmentally the rate that they're going at and you might have a child who potty trains at two months or sorry you know like two yeah. months yeah. sooner or five months or six months earlier than your other child and it's just their stage and I would find that for my own boys I have um, and it's really interesting when you look at your profiles because my eldest son was language delayed. Not good for business. I was like, come on, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like was language delayed. So two and a half, like wasn't really using, like had lots of sounds, like, excellent, like you're saying, like excellent understanding, could follow directions, but wasn't putting many words together. 
And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me um, from a professional perspective, because nothing gives you um, more insight into concern and worry of the parent until yeah. you're a parent yourself and you experience it. Yeah. So I remember for years I'd been saying, oh, look, it'll come and just wait. And I remember like them being on the other side of the fence being like, yeah, this isn't working for me. I don't like waiting. This isn't good. Like, why isn't he talking? What's, what's you know, and, and all of that parental anxiety, your professional hat just goes out the window. You do um, question yourself, don't yeah, you? Yeah, completely. I, I, yeah. Completely. So I... I remember that that was for him. He was he was quite delayed, but again, he was potty trained at, at two years, like maybe two two weeks after his second birthday. Just nailed it, and then I had a second fella, um, and he went on to like talk like talking rings around us, like at eighteen months could talk, but like again took about nine months longer to, right. to potty train him. It's it's just like it's personality. I think sometimes part of it, um, and sometimes even though they're in the same environment and they're growing up in the same house, sometimes you know a second child you don't get to have the same, you know, you don't have the same level of free time and you only have one hand instead of two and, and things are different and not in a bad yeah. way or a good way, but just things are different on a second child and then on a third child, well, that one just went rogue. He's wild. I mean, yeah, the, the third <laughs> rogue one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what things can affect speech and language development? Like my little girl still has a dummy and I, I, I tried for her to just have it at nap time and at night and that's it um, yeah. whereas like my son this is I always think this in my head my son we got rid of it before his first birthday and I was very strict oh you strict. were so strict and yeah. you were talking about it on the his podcast speed. and everything George you were like that no no you've got to set yourself a target and it's one it's year going. and it's I'm like right it's that day yeah. yeah I was literally like it's that yeah. day and I swear I didn't I didn't no. deviate there was absolutely no changing with Gigi I'm like yeah I'll do it yeah I'll do it yeah maybe yeah. next you remember that George you're like <laughs> over <laughs> Yeah, but then I do keep questioning, like, oh, is that why her speech isn't as good as Axel's was? Like, is that a yeah. thing? So, like, speech, yes, yeah. soothers are, um, soothers can absolutely contribute to, to language delay, speech delay. And the reason being, if, if you think about it in very practical terms, I mean, if you have something in your mouth that inhibits you from talking, that, like, literally, it's something physically in your mouth that's affecting where your tongue is and your tongue's position, um, yeah, it, it, it can impact. Now, look, you'll have people come to me and say, oh, well, my 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 Johnny had a soother till he was five and his speech is perfect. And I'm like, yeah, great. You know, lots of people go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, don't do this and they're fine, but lots of people don't and then something yeah. happens. So it's, yeah. it's a case of like being informed and armed with the information. So for soothers, generally babies um, at around six months, they, they're sucking less and they're starting to chew. So that's developmentally what's happening. So as that happens, they're obviously requiring that sucking reflex less and less. And, and just to highlight here, because obviously, sometimes people think oh like all speech therapists are like you know like really pedantic about soothers I am massively pro soother hugely I'm I'm a pro soother all three of my boys had soothers my nipples thanked me for <laughs> and I was like they needed to have a soother and I remember being in the hospital and and the midwife being like oh you know hold off for two weeks I was like yeah 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 like just <laughs> trying to get it in there I was like <laughs> he's gonna have this they're all gonna have a soother and they did um and the kind of the from a speech and language perspective, the issue with soothers is prolonged soother use, um, where they're using soothers be beyond, I suppose, where we would suggest. And I've, I've spoken about this quite a bit in detail before on my own account. So what we would say is kind of 12 to 18 months is the ideal time to get rid of a soother. Right. Um, and the reason for that is because there's less of an emotional attachment as well. Yeah. Okay, So at that stage, they like it, um, but it's very much as a function up to that point of kind of sucking and comforting. 
as they get older and you know developmentally as children develop all the other you know all the other parts of their development of kind of um you know getting attached and and um like even their play and their cognition cognition and all of that develops um as time goes on and they get closer to two two and a half three the soother becomes something different it's like this emotional oh, yeah. little kind of like a friend like, like comfort thing it's like remember Alfie. My, my, Luna, Luna had Olfie, which was like Sucky Bunny and then became Olfie and this 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 disgusting like lamb yeah. thing that she used to drag around with her. And it doesn't matter how many times yeah. I washed it, it would just, you could smell Olfie no. before you saw my child. And um, then, yeah, I was, she was still sucking one of Olfie's ears just at nighttime until about, a, I reckon yeah. it was probably, what, a year ago, George? And then suddenly the yeah, I mean, ear yeah. fell off and I was like, oh. <gasps> Yes, the ear has fallen off. And she I thought she was going to fall apart because she had been glued to Olfie since the day she was born. Yeah. And she was like, his ear's fallen off. And I was like, oh, well, you're a big girl now. And she was like, okay. She still sleeps with Olfie. But there was no, there was no, I was yeah. so concerned because this, this, like you said, this had become more than a soother. This was like her bestest friend in the whole wide yeah. world that she just wanted in her mouth. That's it. And they, they just make that association. And that's exactly, that's a really good example. So people often say to me as well about soothers. And I'm like, well, it's like this. You can you can take a soother away. You can't cut a thumb yeah. off. Yeah. So, like, Do you know what? Awful. One of yeah. my best mates, um, she's 32, right? And if she has a bad day at work, she still goes into the toilet and sucks Oh, herself. my God. Yeah. She does. She does. She says, like, especially if she's hung over at work, she's like, I gave myself 15 minutes, went into the <gasps> toilet and sucked my thumb. That's what she yeah. says. Yeah. No way. You know, like, oh, they won't be sucking their thumb at 18. No, no, no. People do. People do. Yeah. People do it yeah. at 32. Um, oh, but, you know, my daughter, when so at nursery, obviously, at, at home, she seems to find dummies everywhere. That's because you know? like, that's that's you've left dummies a, everywhere, George. <laughs> she puts yes. them in her pocket. Kits, I find them in bags. I find them in like all everywhere, right? So she, yeah, we, we say no dummies, you know, during the day, but you know, she'll find one, and then I have to find her, take it off of her. Whereas when she's yeah. at nursery, they only give it to her. They get it out of her bag when it's nap time. Yeah. And as soon as I pick her up from nursery, we get in the car, and she goes, "Dum dum," and I go, "Okay, right, let's give it to her." And she goes, and then she just gives it back to me. It's like. Just a, like yeah, yeah, it's like it's like okay, what okay, okay, okay. little little fix. Okay. And then and then back. It's so weird. Like yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like she doesn't even need it for that long. It's like okay, let me just quickly get my fix. It's like doing a shot, or you know, like <laughs> having a quick <laughs> six swig of water, or like a puff on a cigarette. You know, it's it's the same for her. It's like. <gasps> Okay, Emma, okay, what I'm does done, it do? Emma, you'll be I'm able done. to tell us that. What does it do to the to the brain and to the body? Yeah, well, like in terms of like like that sucking reflex, they they as they get older. So, what age is she now? So she'll be two at the end of June. Yeah. Okay. So at this stage, it's kind of like I said, the sucking reflex is is lessening. Um, but it's like this. Just they've made that association that that feels nice. A bit like having a shot, or like if you like cigarettes, if you have a, a drag, it's like ooh, that's nice. Okay, so. The problem is long term, um, if we're continuing to do that and she's continued. So if you were to have a soother um, during the day or when they're talking, as they're sucking, their sucking reflex obviously gets stronger as they get older because their mouth is getting bigger. And then you can end up with what we call like an arch shaped palate. OK, so it actually changes the shape of their mouth. People are like, oh, I'm like, yeah. And you can end up with this um, what we call an interdental gap. So oftentimes I'll be standing in the queue in a supermarket if a child is in front of me and I'm and, and chatting to me you can often tell if if that child has had prolonged soother use by the shape of their mouth so there's a gap between their upper and lower teeth that can actually impact then on their 
um, and their adult teeth and the wow. shape of their mouth long term. So yes, yeah, so so people don't realize that, and it's not just that we're like, oh my, you know, it's bad for speech. It's I always say to parents who start to come to see me for um, speech concerns, and I'm like, look, it's like this. You need to make the decision. Like if speech is something you want to work on having a soother is a barrier to that. And the first thing that you're going to need to address is the soother because anything that we're doing, you're making it even harder for your child. It's already yeah. hard to come to speech therapy. Well, it's not, it's great crap when you don't see me, but like <laughs> it's hard to come to speech therapy. Um, from a parental point of view, like like committing like time and, and financially, um, if you're, you're attending privately or whatever, or taking kids out of school, preschool. So I'm like, look, the soother has to go and then we can kind of go from there because... I will say as well, sometimes parents are coming for other concerns and I'm like, how's that suit yeah. like? And I'm like, look, I'm lovely, but do you want to be in a long-term relationship with me? Because you know, <laughs> it's going to go. go, we're going to be together for a while because it's having an impact long-term where they go on to develop what people traditionally call lisps, where yeah. their tongue protrudes between their teeth because they've been doing this sucking reflex, their, their, their mouth is used to their tongue being in this forward position so when they're talking they're saying sorry you know sorry sorry and their tongue is is out now just to say that doesn't happen for every child but you're increasing the likelihood of it happening so again you'll have you'll have a karen who comes along goes well my little girl had like a suit until she was six and her speech is perfect that's great (laughs) but that's not the case for everyone and if you know that that's going to increase the likelihood of that happening maybe let's just try to avoid that and particularly like for language so back to language then it's it's literally like i call it like the silencer so if you have a child who's a little bit reluctant with their expressive language and not using many words if you have something that's in their mouth that's giving them basically like a a way out to just kind of point to things and not use words obviously if you take that away it's it's better in in terms of them being more likely to use their words to get their message across and not just be kind of grunting behind a soother and pointing to things because that's what they're used to doing we'll be right back after the short break ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? Emma, we've talked about the short-term effects, um, obviously, of using mm-hmm. soothers and, and the sort of speech developmental process. Is, are there any long-term effects? So yeah, um, like I said, um, it can absolutely affect dentition. So so not only for like um, when when it's their baby teeth or small teeth, but, but long-term it can actually impact on the shape of their mouth and dentition long-term. Now, you know, it depends on the extent of the soother use. And you were saying there, 
um, Georgia, about, you know, it's great in the beginning to try and limit it to just nap time or sleep time. Um, and uh, you were mentioning as well about soothers being all over the house. And uh. that is, it's really hard or it's really hard when, when kids come along, I suppose, as well, or siblings come along and then the soothers back and they're everywhere and they have the baby soothers and they have access to soothers so what i say is to to really gather us all of the soothers up in the house and just have one soother and that soother is for bedtime and it's just one and it'll be worn and like very well used or whatever because they're using it all the time but it just means that it's just that soother and that's for bed and it's just that soother and it's just for nap so that they don't have you don't have a battle on your hands when you're you're trying to kind of limit that soother use yeah during the and you day. find them yeah. in their handbags and stuff like that what Gigi does if i'm ever looking for for a dummy i'm like oh I'll look in her handbags and there's <laughs> stacks of them yeah there's loads where she's collected them all Josh, up do you feel like you want to like where where's your head at after hearing emma say that stuff about about Um, dummies i mean we've we always said in our like we had in our head once she had all of her teeth we would get rid of that we would get rid of the we would get rid of the dummy because i think for us we feel like it really soothes her when she's teething like it's we don't we haven't had any issues with teething so i think she's had that as a comfort but i definitely think as she approaches two we're definitely definitely going to try um and get rid of it but like you say with my son i could just go cold turkey i was like right no going today and in 24 hours it was gone that was it but I do think as she's older pulls on your heartstrings more for sure and you feel what about I can't remember who it was I think it might have been um my sister-in-law said about cutting like cutting them so they can't get that like yeah because I think that's what she likes there's different approaches but but Sometimes it's it's hard. You can do that. There's a whole um, there's a whole procedure out there called bye bye binky where you cut them and and they don't get the sock out of them. But to be honest, people often ask me about this. Like, what's the best way yes. to to get rid of them? And it depends, you know, on on your child and and what you feel is right for you. But I will always say, look, the most important thing to do is if you decide that you're going to get rid of them, commit and stick with it because the most confusing thing for a child is if you do it for like tw- like if you do it for 12 hours or a day and then like you have had a, a rough day and they're losing it and you're like oh just have it back that's really confusing when you go to do it again because they're like well if I just absolutely lose lose it and like have a massive tantrum or like get really upset then I know mommy will give it back to me so it's important when you start it like to talk about it and to be really consistent the other thing that I get parents saying all the time is oh yeah we're going to give it to Santa or like, we're going <laughs> to give it to the Easter Bunny because that's like yeah. that's eight eight weeks away and we're just we're waiting for that because you know yeah we're giving santa and i'm like please don't do that to your child please don't please don't associate something that's going to be potentially sad and traumatic with santa because that's magic we don't need to mix those also that's eight weeks away i know your game what about the dummy fairy fairy again some people give it like this is just personal preference some people give it to fairies and i'm like it's a lovely idea but it's not a concrete thing sometimes it's a bit hard for a child to get their head around that being like okay the fairy's coming and they've taken it now there are lovely fairy trees and i do think that that can be a nice idea and fairies I just say Santa and Christmas. Can you imagine on, on Christmas morning? Every every year being reminded. <gasps> it can my dummy the bastard. Every what year. Absolute bastard. Why do you hate Christmas so much? Why do you hate when they're 25 <laughs> speaking to their therapist? What is it about Christmas? Every time Christmas yeah. comes around, the ch- your, your 25-year-old self is like rocking in the corner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hate to call my singers. Yeah. 
Emma's like Emma's like just rip the plaster off. I can tell that that's what Emma is. Completely. Or you know what's really nice, and I think for younger children, I, I'm not saying that fair. Look, I think people are going to do what what feels right for them. But I sometimes think that something that's very concrete and easy to explain to a child. So. You know, literally, I remember when my um, eldest, we were getting rid of a soother and he was just over two because like that, like, like things happen in life. I mean, 18 months, obviously, often time to get rid of it. But he had, um, I had another baby and I just couldn't deal with that yeah. right now. And I wasn't ready to let him let go. But um, we, we got rid of the soother and we went to the shop. We went, I actually remember we went to Argos and we picked something. So I remember we picked a Lightning McQueen light up thing that was going to be his comfort thing in bed instead of the soother. So it was a, a teddy thing that had lights for his bed. Um, and I remember we, we, we talked about it and we put the soother in the Ziploc bag and then I gave it to the poor unsuspect, unsuspecting man in Argos who hadn't a clue what was going on. I was like, there you go, man. <laughs> That's the soother. <laughs> and he was just like, what? I was like, take the soother. I was like, thank you so I'll much. I'll pay you later. <laughs> so anyway, afterwards, he was just like, what is this? So th- these were pre-COVID times. I don't think anyone would take the, no. <laughs> the, the rotten soother now at this That's stage. Brilliant. But anyway, um, it, it just meant afterwards that I was like, I'd love to give you that soother, Luke. But do you remember we gave it to the man in Argos? And then he gave you Lightning McQueen. And now you have Lightning McQueen in your bed instead. Great. So it's concrete. It happened. He experienced it. He was there. Versus I sometimes think you didn't see the fairy take it. So like, did the fairy really? T- I just think sometimes watching it go and seeing it leave and then having something that's a physical thing that you're holding on to in place of it to help them to understand that it's gone. And just to reassure you, it will be, I, I always think kind of two to three days. That's how long it takes for the tears to stop. Okay. Um, and people don't believe me when I say that. Again, I remember before having a par- having children. And being in clinic and being like, you know, like, just just let it go and it'll be fine. Oh, I'm like so naive now. I hate it non-parent. I hate it non- Non-parent non Emma, Emma, yeah. She hadn't a clue. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. say all the parents are like, yeah, it's well for you. Yeah, you're 23. Love yeah, you. whatever. <laughs> Emma, can we talk about lisps? Because um, Kit yes. has a lisp and yes. I've noticed it much more obviously in the last I'd say six months as his vocabulary and speech has come on and on and on and he's, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Is... Is that something that he's always going to have? I re- vaguely remember um, Luna having a list, but then she grew out of it quite quickly. Kit didn't have a soother. Yeah. He didn't have a dummy, nothing like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see w- what's going to happen, I guess. So what age is Kit now? Um, he's just turned three. Okay. It's very and when you cute, say he's a lisp, is his, yeah, very cute. <laughs> is his tongue sticking out um, between his teeth when he's speaking or or what does it sound like? It, he just goes like, mummy, I love you yeah yeah and so then, his tongue yeah, is, is sticking like out a, a bit, bit like that we take the we just take the piss out of him all the time i'm oh, sure that's not the right way to do it i just gotta say Ellie, don't take the piss out of him no but there's us like oh <laughs> <laughs> no so look, what we would say is so look if he's if he's doing that there is a chance that he is going to grow out of it so he has um at the moment his his little teeny tiny teeth and a small mouth and his mouth is going to grow slightly um and his tongue and, and develop you know like his mouth and the shape his face and thing is going to develop um and change so over time um they can grow out of lists sometimes they don't and they do need a little bit of intervention i need to attend speech and language therapy to resolve it so um 
the the one thing I will say is like all jokes aside, if they are um, doing this, for, for example, saying funny to to really try to avoid like mimicking it. So oh, if they okay. are saying it, just might I know does it does it? I I blame Dozer over me, but yeah, we go we go. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's reinforcing it. Yes, okay, yes, yes, so yes, sorry. they're seeing it, and then you're giving them the model back that that's the correct form. But look, everybody does it, like you know, and it is very cute. And as much as it's very cute now, it's it's not probably as cute when they're eight or nine. Yeah. So we always say, look, model it the correct way so that they can they can see you making the sound. So I would say around speech sounds in general, like, you know, what can you do that, that doesn't involve going to speech language therapists for the moment is very much be down at their level. Um, when you're chatting about things or you notice it, trying to kind of get down to the level so they can see your face so that you're saying it correctly. Be like, that's right. That's a son. Oh, it's a big son. I have a son and you have a son and there's another son. Okay. So you're modeling it. So they're hearing son, 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 the correct way without your tongue sticking out, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. Um, so it may resolve. Um, and sometimes when they're big, their, their teeth are lost and their big teeth come down, that can resolve it sometimes. There's, um, differing views on on when to intervene i suppose with um a lisp or, or an interdental s so some therapists prefer to wait till a child is a little bit older when their bigger teeth are down and more so around awareness and motivation so some kids like a bit like you're saying about, about the potty they're just like yeah i don't care that's my s i like it you know that's the way they do it when they get to six they might feel like that um or they might be age five or six and just be like yeah i don't care versus you know when they're they're more like that actually when they're kind of four or five it doesn't bother them and they're not overly aware of it but sometimes then when they get to the six and seven mark they're a little bit more motivated by it because somebody might have said something right yeah so it really just kind of it really de depends yeah. on the child and and as well on a therapist some people prefer to kind of start a little bit younger to resolve it like around the five mark um if the child is motivated and um are happy to come and happy to do kind of little tasks and and um in in speech and language therapy sessions so it's it, but it's something that like i said can very much resolve on its own but being a good speech model is really important but if it's something that around the kind of age five mark you're a little bit concerned about or it doesn't seem to be going away i i do think it's good to link in with the speech and language therapist just to have it checked and and make that decision on on whether it's appropriate to kind okay. of do some intervention then or or to hold off until they're six got you you just mentioned and i guess kind of to wrap up if you hmm. if you have a worry about speech or language development is it better to yep. go and see someone straight away you know and you know uh, yep. the, the earlier the better or is it better to wait and see if they kind of come out of it themselves so generally speaking it's really important to keep yourself informed on developmental milestones okay so like I said about the late talkers earlier so if you're kind of feeling oh look he's 18 months and he's only using like four words then early intervention is better. It's better to be armed with information and to get advice and to get support put in place like earlier. Um, if that is something that, um, you know, if that's if 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 that's the case, I wouldn't wait and see. Right. Okay. Okay. It really depends on that, but I would say early intervention um, is better. I think wait and see can be dangerous because sometimes you're not 100% sure, but like not to freak yourself out with milestones. Sometimes people think that milestones are a bit alarmist and, oh, he's not doing that. Should I be panicking? You shouldn't panic. But if you have the access to speech and language therapy and, 
and you can have somebody who's going to maybe do a little assessment or you can have a chat with that puts your mind at ease and reassures you I think that that knowledge is power yeah. and that, that can be that can be really and I cool. guess yeah. as well like for any parents you know we've said before if you feel like your child isn't kind of hitting those milestones as quick as you know your friends or their, their siblings you can feel yeah. like a bit rubbish and I guess it's just oh, knowing that it, it, it's quite often nothing that you've done like it's literally it, it's just the way that child is and there's absolutely no kind of shame in needing help um and you're doing like the no. best thing you can possibly do for them by seeking the absolutely. help absolutely and I think that's it and, and sometimes like in terms of for lay talkers and particularly like there's some really simple nice strategies that you know that you can get advice on and that you can implement and be putting into practice at home and there's small changes that you can make but they can make a big difference and oftentimes I'll say to parents when I'm doing my online lay talkers course I'll say look there's nothing here that's absolute rocket science but if you knew that this is something you kind of do some of the time and if you knew that if you did that all of the time and that you were consistent with it that that was going to help wouldn't you like to know that that's going to support your child's language development okay I love this yeah Emma thank you so much for coming on today I feel like we could have oh, so many more things that I wanted to talk about. Stammers <laughs> and um, yeah, autism signs. And yeah, but listen, maybe come back on in a couple of months time. So I feel like yeah. what we might do is throw some questions out to our followers and we could do a little Q&A Absolutely. with you because I think that would be really helpful to a lot of people. Definitely. 100%. Thank you so much. Thank Emma. you so much. Thanks a million guys for having me. It was lovely. Oh, I've got to get rid of the dummy, haven't I? <laughs> You've got to get rid of the dummy, but only because you want to do it. And I know you want to yeah. do it. And what was really interesting was that you, I remember, and like we could probably go back to podcasts and listen to you yeah. going, you've got to set yourself a date and you've got to stick to it and you just got to get rid of it. And that's what I did with Axel. And now you're like, oh, Gigi's nearly two. She's still got her. She finds dummies everywhere. It's like, that's because you've got loads of dummies in your house, George. I know, I know. It's just, you know what it is? I think sometimes, you know, you want to do it. And some people maybe don't want to do it, you know, and that's cool. But I think when you know you want to do it and you're just putting it off I think sometimes you need that little nudge from an expert to just put plant that in your plant that in your head you know it's going to be short-term pain (laughs) for long-term gain and I think for me just sort of thinking about the possible long-term effects and you know the longer it goes on the more she's going to be attached to it the harder it's probably going to be um I am going to have a little look at the diary <laughs> I'll let you all know um, I'm going to pick a couple of days where I can pre- I'm prepared for some hell um, and I'm going to do it and I will document it because you know I, this is the other thing as well I hate comparing Axel and Gigi but you do it's natural as you know as a parent and I don't want her to grow up you know maybe with I don't know a lisp or something and she blames me because you got rid of Axel's dummy when he was one and you you didn't you let me have mine you know I just don't want that I want to give them the same kind of opportunities I guess yeah um so yeah I hear what you're saying (laughs) I hear what you're saying And, and I took from that for me that was about you know not teasing kit I, I don't want I don't want to seem like I'm sort of sitting there going oh you've got a list but it's nothing like that I just sort of we sort of mimic him and then we all laugh together and we think it's funny it's not me going oh my son's got a list yeah it is sweet and that's hopefully that came across in the chat but also it's important for me to then go when he goes look at sunny I go sunny sunny it's look at the sun it's you know and so that he can then copy me back so yeah it was interesting so hopefully you guys took some takeaways from that as well um and we are definitely going to get Emma back on to do a Q&A. Yeah. I think it'd be a good idea, George, right? 
Yeah, definitely. I'm guessing, you know, some of you will have lots of questions. Also, we, you know, there was loads of stuff we didn't touch on when it, when it comes to speech and language. So yeah. we can definitely chat through that. And you know what? If you have got any questions, like really urgent ones, that before the Q&A that you just can't wait, if you want to get in touch with Emma, do just drop her a DM. She seems like such a lovely woman. I'm sure she'd be happy to respond to any questions you've got. Yeah, totally. And as always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and follow the podcast. And please if you know that anybody in your life is not listening to these conversations that you think um, you know they need to hear them then do let them know um, and yeah we also love seeing your photographs of where you're listening to the podcast as well yeah please although you know some of some people on holiday drinking rosé I mean I think I'm a bit where she lives that lady <laughs> I know I think I don't know yeah. if she's in Cyprus or something when I looked oh. I was like oh my goodness <laughs> no but in, in all seriousness it is actually lovely to see where you listen to the podcast whether that be sat on the sofa um, or you know out for a run or on the beach yes. even though it makes us jealous um, but if you do have any suggestions for other topics like this that we might not have thought about um, that would be interesting for us to cover then just drop us a DM at Made by Mummers um, and we'll be back on Friday Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.